0: Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten
1: by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, guys and girls. The program you are about to hear will be both fun and educational, but it is not a substitute for medical advice. Although we are doctors, we are not your doctors. Hello, and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. Hey,
0: guys. Dr. Santosh here. Your neighborhood-friendly pediatric infectious disease doctor.
1: And we are back once again with a third stocking stuffer. In case you've forgotten, we've already brought you Rudolph's red nose.
0: And a cape of hemophilia.
1: <laughs> so, what's on the docket for today? Hmm. Well, Santosh, what's another well, well-known Christmas tradition?
0: Listen, man. Just tell the people what they want to hear. Don't be a Dickensian.
1: (laughs) Today, we're going to go over Tiny Tim, who's one of a long line of perfect, innocent, angelic, completely victimized small children who die in many of Dickens' works.
0: I I don't know what Dickens had about this. This was like Tiny Tim, there was Pippin, (laughs) there was like the artful Dodger, and... Oliver
1: It really was a huge thing with Dickens, and what all of these child characters have in common is that in their guiltless suffering, they point a super-duper accusing finger at the faulty and generally awful adults around them. In Tiny Tim's case, he's so extra-pure and so wildly good that he even gets to say, He hoped the people saw him in church because he was a cripple, and it might be pleasant to them to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Boy, does that hammer at home. Not only is he sick just because the Cratchits don't have enough money to cure him, but he also hopes that others can see him as some kind of walking reminder of the doings of Jesus. Now I want to ask, have you ever met a six-year-old? Not really how they talk. No,
0: no. If my six-year-old started talking like that, it would either be, you know, like trying to get her a scholarship to Harvard or like The Exorcist. It's going to be one of those two.
1: She's not But well. the real fascinating question is we all know that Tiny Tim was sick, and only Scrooge's rapid infusion of love, compassion, and cash could cure him. But cure him from what? What in the world did Tiny Tim actually have? Because when the Ghost of Christmas Present first shows good old Scrooge with the Cratchit family, we learn that Tiny Tim bore a little crutch and had his limbs supported by an iron frame. The weak, sickly lad, often being carried by his father, Bob Cratchit, and we're led to believe that he will soon die. But Scrooge's decision to give the clerk a pay raise helps to save Tiny Tim. That is the entire medical history we are provided. So what, given that, might Tiny Tim have? Now, I, of course, became immensely fascinated in this because, one, I love Dickens' A Christmas Carol, and two, it's in Victorian London.
0: (laughs) Two of your favorites, just hand-delivered Christmas. Someone's been a very nice little boy this year.
1: <laughs> so let's, let's discuss. Santosh, let's pull up a differential on Tiny Tim. What do you think he has?
0: The easy diagnosis here for me, and you know, I'm going to go with infection because I'm an infectious disease stock. The crippling effects of what's going on, almost certainly in that day and age, it's going to be polio. Now, the problem is you can't throw money at poliomyelitis. And make it better. Once the infection has come and gone and has left malformed limbs, because you know you've got muscle weakness in your legs or your arms or wherever it struck, it's done. You're you're over. So I can't quite resolve that unless we're allowing for the magic. Addiction. Well.
1: Your support is that polio was a worldwide epidemic between 1840 and the 1950s, usually associated with children, and the idea that he is supported by an iron frame matches up. Unfortunately, polio isn't reversible, and Dickens would have known that.
0: So you need something you can treat or cure, at least make it a little
1: So let's go next to the great white disease, as it was known at the time. (laughs) For our next possibility, of course I'm referring to that ever in vogue disease of Victorian London, tuberculosis. Sexiest disease you could get. Now, we've got a couple different options for for tuberculosis because just the pulmonary tuberculosis would have done nothing about his walking, but it might have made him generally sickly. So let's look at extra pulmonary or outside the lung tuberculosis. And we have tuberculosis of the hip called coxalgia uh, because of its primary Mm -hmm. symptom, hip pain. And it was one of the most prevalent diseases in London in the 1800s, and it would have explained his limp. It also frequently caused death, but, you know, if you want to be optimistic, sure, tuberculosis was curable in the 1800s. It was just highly unlikely to happen. Uh, Similarly, Pott's disease is a form of tuberculosis that affects the spine. And it's common in this case for children not to exhibit classic respiratory symptoms of TB that are often seen in adults and to have it outside the lungs. The disease usually strikes kids under age 10, will cause weight loss, fatigue, and pain. And the argument there would be this tuberculosis could have been managed if the Cratchits could afford to send Tiny Tim to a sanitarium and buy him a back brace.
0: Right. So we have to be propped up. Well, we didn't have antibiotics in that day and age, but um, with the right amount of nutritional support and a little bit of physical therapy and just kind of general propping up, there is a small non-zero chance that he could have cleared the tuberculosis with time. It's, it wasn't impossible back then, it was just highly unlikely. Uh, even now, in this day and age, you know you can clear tuberculosis if if you're kind of strong enough to quote unquote get over the worst parts of the disease and fight
1: it. Now, some of the problems with this are if Tiny Tim had tuberculosis, ooh, Tiny Tim TB. That's there's a tongue twister for <laughs> Uh Presumably, everyone else in his family and also most of London would have had it. Extrapulmonary TB is not. Terribly contagious, I believe, Santosh.
0: If you don't have pulmonary tuberculosis and you're not terribly sick, and we think about it as the little bacilli, the little bacteria being exhaled, like if you cough or if, you know, if you're breathing out, especially if you have hemorrhagic pulmonary disease, so you have that bloody cough going on. Um, if you do not have that and instead the bacilli are in bone you know, not in your lung, then yeah, technically you're not as contagious as if you had pulmonary kidneys. Little possibility.
1: So we've explained his limp, we've explained his weakness, but we still don't really have a good thing that could have been cured with a pay raise in victorian london although a back brace might have helped a little bit and the definition of cure is certainly fast and loose back in uh, dickens day let's look at the next option another very common pediatric disease even today what about rickets caused by lack of vitamin d calcium or phosphate so symptoms of vitamin d deficiency tend to include short stature that's why he's tiny tim soft bones muscular weakness, and joint pain. The body needs sunlight to create vitamin D, and London, especially Dickensian London, is known for being very gloomy and sunless. And uh,
0: modern London as well. Um, <clears throat> I mean, shout out to our homies across the pond. <laughs>
1: now, Ricketts is pretty widespread in places during London, in London, such as during the Industrial Revolution, but could have been prevented and treated with a better diet afforded by Scrooge's pay raise. So this would absolutely explain a lot of his symptoms and be reversible.
0: Uh, no, actually, I'm okay with Ricketts as a possibility here. This is imminently treatable if the dude got some sunlight. So, you know, the pay raise could have allowed for some time out in the countryside. And if he got uh, some milk... And so, you know, rickets could easily be treated with some money.
1: And that right? softening of the bones would account for his use of the crutch. Only issue I see with this is that Tiny Tim was not the only child of the Cratchit family, and a nutritional deficiency probably would have affected all the Cratchit children, not just one. Especially if they were lavishing extra care on him and giving him additional food, then the as he got better, the other kids would have gotten worse. So unless... The Cratchits are incredibly neglectful parents. Rickets doesn't seem like the best option because it only affects Tim.
0: Right. And now there are other forms of rickets out there, such as like hypophosphatemic or hyperphosphatemic rickets, which is a form of congenital dwarfism where you can be consuming vitamin D and calcium, but you know, you you can't utilize it properly because of types of like metabolic disease. However, this is not reversible with money because you can't necessarily change it with uh, with eating right.
1: And that brings us to what I think is our our best possible option. You know, again, a few others that we're not going to go into include cerebral palsy and spinal dystrophism. And, you know, if you look at the environment of London, From 1820 to 1843, you have blackened skies from burning coal, the crowding of people in tenements, the (laughs) poor diet of the underclass, just the general filth of London as a haven for infectious disease. 60% of kids in London had rickets at this time, and about 50% had signs of TB. That brings us to Dr. Donald Lewis, who in 1992 published his own study in the American Journal of Diseases of Children, and he looked at all the pediatric medical texts from 1830 to 1850 to see what their treatments would would have recommended. And for Tiny Tim's general symptoms, a plan would have included general measures such as country air and exercise, fish oils such as cod and halibut, a good source of vitamin D, uh, specific tonics, which would have combinations of belladonna, opium, Sodium citrate, potassium, things that really emphasized alkali-based treatments and splinting and bracing of the limbs. So this doctor looked at it and he said all these treatments with vitamin D and alkalinization and sodium citrate suggest that Tiny Tim actually had renal tubular acidosis, a disease characterized by growth failure. Complicated by soft bones with pathologic fractures and periodic paralysis, along with kidney stones leading to renal failure and death, which would have been eminently treatable with an infusion of money. Why? Well, okay. You can get your fish oil. That's going to give you your vitamin D okay, okay. and treat the rickets. You can get your braces, as will the sunlight and fresh air. So what, what do you think? Improved vitamin D status could definitely help the immune system. But what else happens in renal tubular acidosis, Santosh?
0: Um, well, uh, so just like you said, you, you definitely have the dwarfism. You, you would have uh, asymmetric crippling. So that means you'd have kind of like one side lopsided than the other. Yeah, I, I guess uh, you could treat this properly and not reverse his RTA because this is due to like a, a transporter in his kidney that he's born with. So you could kind of improve his situation so that he could live like a semi-normal life for a Dickensian, you know, peasant type.
1: Yeah, so rickets can actually be caused by renal tubular acidosis. So the two do share some overlap. So that is that is my thought for uh, Tiny Tim's terrible transformation.
0: I like that. Yeah, RTA I think is a good kind of compromise between all of them. You know, you've got a short, little, sickly kid who uh, is terribly precocious for his age. Which, plus or minus, that has anything to do with renal tubular acidosis. But he uh, he's ill. He's sickly. He's a he's quote unquote crippled in one leg you know and then when you throw money at it and you have the right treatment which would have been available in Victorian england you have a bit of a turnaround of symptoms and he he feels better so yeah
1: and again very briefly the two types of renal tubular acidosis type one is a problem with distal acidification of the urine meaning you have a hard time reabsorbing alkali which is why you're treated with a lot of alkali type things like sodium citrate stuff like that now the important thing here is we know tiny tim got better and correction of the acidosis can have a variety of benefits including restoration of normal growth in children diminished potassium wasting reversal of kidney stones and less osteoporosis or rickets. So adequately treated patients are usually able to lead a normal life, which gives us a really happy ending for <laughs> Tiny Tim. You know, until he went into the factories and got crushed by a hydraulic press or something, because, again, Victorian London.
0: Or the mines. The mines were a good place to die.
1: <laughs> and we'll get to the coal lung, the the black lung, later. Um, but let's let's end with a little bit of hope that uh, Tiny uh... Tim... Was done. So, that's it for this stocking stuff. And, uh, Santosh, where, where are we up to now? I believe on the third day of Christmas, Doctors Jay and Santosh gave to thee
0: Tiny Tim without TB?
1: Tiny Tim's disease. Rudolph's red nose.
0: And I can uh,
1: <laughs> So... Until next time, folks, our theme music is by Rachel Leisure. Please leave your comments, questions, and thoughts on the Facebook page. Or you can support us spiritually, emotionally, or financially in any of the links below, right along with our sources. We would love to hear from you. And until next time, as always, happy travels.